And I don't say this to brag, but there's a message in this. If you're listening to Richard right now and you want success, okay? You listen to these hero stories, you got blood dripping from your teeth, you want it so bad, listen up, okay? I was successful, but I was unfulfilled. Tony, Tony Robbins calls it the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. There is achievement really is a science. If you wanna learn multifamily, I'll come see me in Denver. I promise you'll be glad you did. And you'll have the blueprint to go, you just gotta go take action. That's a science. But fulfillment is an art. You've got to find out what juices you, you know? And, and, and so, you know, maybe it's children like me or the elderly or animals or the environment, whatever it is, bring that into your life right now. Give back in some way right now. Even, don't say, I'll do it when I have money. No, you can always give your time. Here's why. You'll be happily achieving instead of achieving to be happy. You know, we, we've been taught to achieve to be happy. But if you, if you give back in some fashion, you're happily achieving. And I know that's a play on words, but it's an important one. And I'm gonna tell you the success will come faster. Trust me on this. You don't do it for that reason, but that's just the way God of the universe, whatever you believe works, whatever you give, you give back tenfold. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger than life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. From the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews. I am live on the line today with Rod Cleep. Rod, are you there? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me, Richard. Let's have some fun today. Awesome. Glad to have you here. I know we were chatting just before we got on. You're, uh, you're out of Sarasota right now, right? Which is, uh, yes, that's where our candle company is. So we're, we're, you know, that's pretty close. We'll be back there at the end of the year. Um, nice. So maybe we'll get to uh, say hi or something in person. Yeah, no, that'd be great. A rare that'd thing great. these days. <laughs> right. So um, for my audience who's following along with our travels, we are going up the, uh, the Rockies right now. We're still in, uh, we're, we're in the Great Salt Lake right now, and I've got bug bites all over my neck to prove it. Um, but uh, I guess where I want to start, Rod, is with, uh, with what you're known for. So you are um, podcast host of Lifetime Cashflow through Real Estate Investing, and um, you own Multifamily Mastery, and you teach people how to do real estate investing, I would assume. Yep. Um, so what I want to start with is what is it that you are known for? Who do you serve? What do you do for them? Sure, sure. So, you know, if I if you don't mind, let me go back just a hair and go way back because I think if you have a little bit of background on me, it'll add credit, it'll add some credibility and some some uh, framework to me answering your question. So, you know, I immigrated to this country when I was six years old with my brother Albert, my mother's Vonche. I was born in the Netherlands, Holland. You know, wooden shoes and windmills and. Um, we ended up in Denver, Colorado, and we really struggled initially. My, uh, you know, I remember we ate expired food from an expired food store. We drank powdered milk with our cereal in the morning with, uh, with our, you know, it was, trust me, it sounds better than it is. And we, you know, I wore clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till I lied about my age at Burger King when I was 14, because I was tall, so I could get some money and buy my own clothes. And, and, you know, and I'm sure you've got listeners that had it harder than I did or have it harder now um, with all this COVID nonsense. But, you know, I knew I wanted more. And luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic. And so, you know, she babysat kids so we'd have enough money to eat. And with her babysitting money, she was a bit of an entrepreneur. She invested in the stock market successfully, and she also invested in real estate. And her first real estate asset was the house right across the street from us that she bought when I was about 14 for about $30,000. And then when I was 17, she told me she'd made $20,000 $20, in her sleep that had gone up in value $20,000. I'm like, what? Screw college, mom. I'm getting into real estate. You know, and so... I, uh, I got into real estate right when I turned 18. I was actually a real estate broker, which you could do with education back then. And now they got smart and you need some experience before you can have your own office. But I was a broker. And, and so my first year in real estate, I maybe made about eight grand. My second year, maybe 10 grand thereabouts. Again, this is 44 years ago. Uh, but my third year, I made over $100,000. And so what happened between year two and year three 
that caused me to 10x my income. And this is what I'm known for. I'm answering your question with this framework. So, you know, what happened was I met somebody that taught me about the importance of mindset and psychology and how truly 80 to 90% of your success in anything is just that, your mindset and your psychology. You know, only 10 to 20% is the real estate knowledge that, you know, I teach on my podcast or at my live events. Um, you know, if it was just the knowledge and there'd be a bunch of wealthy librarians and college professors out there, you actually have to take action with the knowledge. And fast forward yeah. to today, I've owned a couple thousand houses that I've rented long term. I've owned thousands of apartment units. Um, in 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. And you might say, wow. Well, I said, wow. And I thought I was a freaking real estate God. And, you know, my head got so big, I could barely fit it through a door. And you know how when that happens, God might give you a nice little smackdown. Well, yeah. that was 2008 and nine for me. I lost $50 million in 2008 and nine. And so what I'm known for is talking about the mindset and the psychology it took to have 50 million to lose in the first place, but then maybe as important or even more important, the mindset it took to get back to the success that I'm blessed today. So we can take that any direction you like, Richard. That's a, that's an incredible story. And you, you went right into my second question, which is your okay. origin story, right? Every, uh, um, every, every hero has a good origin story and yours is fascinating. You, you came you. over with an immigrant and, um, and your mom actually got into real estate investing, which I've never heard that story before. I actually, I work with a bunch of real estate trainers and coaches and in my business. Mm. Uh, and that's the first time I've heard someone saying their parents were real estate investors instead of something they started themselves. So I'm just kind of curious when, when your mom, um, like, I, I want to hear more of that story. Like, sure, you, sure. No, it's a great estate, story. Yeah. Your mom's real estate story and how that, you know, how that sort of translated into you becoming a real estate investor yourself. Now that's, that's nobody's ever asked me that before. So that's great. In fact, it's kind of funny. I've, I've got a boot camp coming up in Denver. I was telling you about before we recorded July 29th, 30th and 31st. And I did one Denver before COVID. I had 800 people there. And and my mom, they brought my mom. She's in assisted living. They brought her in a wheelchair. My brothers were there. And I'm behind the curtain, balling like a freaking two-year-old because, you know, it was my mom's reason I got into real estate. And I had to pull myself together to go out. And and uh, it was a pretty emotional moment. You know, a lot, a lot of tears yeah. and stuff. But anyway, but, um, but you know, she, she was just, a, you know, she was just driven, you know. And again, she's a bit of an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I don't, you know, unfortunately, she's... Uh, really struggling now. She's living with my brother, but she, she's 90. But, um, uh, you know, she she just, just, you know, decided she wanted more and she she had to help support us because we were struggling. And so, you know, she just tried different things. And she, like I say, she invested in the stock market successfully, which I, I haven't been able to do myself. Yeah, me neither. Um, and she, she bought, I don't know, she bought about seven or eight houses. Um, and, um, you know, she, like I said, that story inspired me to do it. And so, you know, that's why, again, I was a, a mush pot behind the stage uh, when my mom was out there, you know, a couple of years ago. So, so what, what made you want to take it beyond where she did, right? Where she, you know, seven, seven eight houses to well, I, yeah, $50 million yeah. dollars worth of real estate. Well, I, I, always, I always wanted amazing things, okay? And so, you know, and I teach, if you come to one of my boot camps, one of the first things we do is a goal setting workshop, really, I call it goal setting on steroids. And I'm happy to describe the process for you if you like, but, but you know, we spent an hour and a half figuring out what everybody there wants, because how the hell are you going to get anything if you don't know what it is, right? You need to know what it is you want, you need to have clarity. And so I knew I wanted more. And I, back then I wanted stupid stuff like the, the exotic cars and I wanted to live on the beach and all of which I made happen. But, but you know, my, I, I really believe your goals and desires change as you get older and you evolve. I mean, the things that interested me back then don't really interest me too much anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, you have to create what Napoleon Hill in his book, Think and Grow Rich, calls a burning desire. It's the only way you're going to take action, you know, to push through limiting beliefs or fear or to get uncomfortable. You know, a lot of people are in the comfort zone and it's a nice warm place, but we both know nothing freaking grows there, right? And, you know, my mom, proud Dutch woman that she is, thought it'd be a great idea. You know, when I first immigrated, I was six years old, didn't speak English. I found out what bullies were for the first time. And so I got my butt kicked regularly. I didn't know how to fight back yet. And then, uh, like I say, my mom, being the proud Dutch woman that she has, sent me to school in wooden shoes and, and those leather shorts the Germans wear for Oktoberfest, you know, the later hose. And so I got my butt kicked again. And then, you know, they, they chased me home from school and she chased them off with a fly swatter. Next day, I got my butt kicked again. I, I created this limiting belief that I wasn't good enough. Mm. 
And a lot of people have these limiting belief systems, you know, like I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, smart enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not young enough, you know, whatever. And there's a reason the acronym for belief systems is BS because 99.9% of them are BS, but you know that, so you've got to have that burning desire to push through that stuff. And, uh, yeah. and that's what I did. I created a burning desire over the material things that I wanted. And like I said, now my, my, my goals now have shifted, but, but that's what drove me. That's really, it's really fascinating. There's a couple of things I wanted to just sort of pull out of that. One was the, the idea of having, having to have a, a goal of burning desire. And I know that like for myself, we chatted a little bit before about like one of my next life goals is to go from the RV traveling to yacht traveling. And I know mm -hmm. like right now, everything that my wife and I and our four kids are doing are all things that we put down and like wrote down and put pictures together and a whole vision board together 10 years ago. Nice. Um, and, nice. you know, we've achieved every single goal we put out for ourselves and realized along the way that, um, to your point, a lot of our goals and stuff changed and shifted over the last decade. And our goal for the next decades have all changed and everything. And a lot of, a lot, a lot less has to do with revenue. A lot more has to do with experiences. <laughs> well, that's fascinating. And, and you know what, uh, you know, and, and same here and, and, and also giving back, you know, like, like I've got a green screen here, but you can see on the wall behind me, hundreds of thank you cards, the whole wall behind me is covered with them, uh, from students. And I've been teaching only about four and a half years, but, uh, you know, that's been a big part of, of what I do now and, and a big driver for me. Uh, you know, my students, yeah. my coaching students now own, I don't know, somewhere over 60,000 units. And again, I've only been teaching a little over four years. So I'm really proud of that. Yeah, that's um, amazing. Yeah. Um, so my, and the other thing I wanted to just sort of pull out of that, that story was the idea that you have, um, not just that you have goals and create burning desire, but you have, you have a framework for them. So I, if you would, I would love to hear. Oh, let me describe it. It's, it's a, yeah. But by the way, you know, if you DM me, if you're listening and you DM me on any social channel, my team's even got me on TikTok now. I can't even, couldn't spell TikTok four months ago when I've had videos go viral, 700,000 views for my little multifamily space. I'm kind of, it, kind of interesting. But my point is if you DM me on any social channel, I did this on January 1st. I usually do it around the first or the second of the year, depending on what day it falls on. But I did it on January 1st with music, with a go, with a goal guide, guide goal, geez, with a guide you can download that you can follow along with. So if you DM me, I'll send you the link to that. Just say, could you send me the goal setting session? I'll send that to you. But, <clears throat> and I'm on every social channel, but let me describe it. So pick an hour when you have a lot of energy, um, you know, make sure you're well hydrated, which sounds like I need. Yeah, yeah, I got, got mine here too. And, and don't do it right after a big meal and sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life, all the stuff. And there's nothing wrong with stuff. We need stuff. That's how we share experiences with people, with our stuff. And so the houses, the cars, the boats, the jet skis, the planes, in your case, the RVs, the, you know, the yacht, ultimately, you know, whatever it is. And, and, and by the way, take the lid off your brain. If you want a yacht, a private island, a jet, you write it down. That starts the process. And what the, the process that it starts is it triggers something in your brain called your reticular activating system. And that's that subconscious filter. You're not aware of it consciously, but it points your brain in the direction or points you in the direction your brain thinks you're interested in. And I suppose the greatest example of that is when you first buy a car, you know, you never really noticed them that much before, then yeah. you buy it and you see them everywhere. Were they there yep. before? Of course they were. That's your reticular activating system. So write down all the stuff, write down how much cash flow you want from your investment, say in three years and 10 years, how much cash you want in the bank in three years and 10 years, you know? And then once you can't think of another material thing, um, write down everything you want to do in this lifetime. So it's not just the stuff. It's everything you want to do, be, and have. And so, you know, maybe the places you want to travel. Behind my green screen here, I've got a, a travel vision board, you know. Um, and so write down those places. All the, you know, maybe you want to write a book. I've got a friend climbing every mountain over 14,000 feet. You know, uh, I think he finished, actually. Uh, me, I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane a few years ago. I'll never do it again, but it's off the list. So that's the kind of stuff. Write all that stuff down, too, all that bucket list stuff. Then once you can't think of another thing there, write down everything you want to learn in this lifetime. You want to learn a foreign language. You want to learn a culture. You want to learn a skill. Write that down. If you want to learn multifamily, for God's sakes, come spend three days with me in Denver at the end of July. I'll tell you how to do that. I'll give your peeps a hell of a deal if they're interested. But, uh, but the point is, write that stuff down. If you want to, um, you know, and then once you can't think of another thing, write down who you want to help. 
Here's why we'll do more for others than we'll ever do for ourselves. And again, so write down, you know, like I bought my parents a house here on a canal when my dad was alive, bought him a car, took him on cruises. Who do you want to do things for? Write that down. Because again, this is the fuel. This is, this is what's going to get your butt up out of bed early in the morning, stay up late, work Saturdays to grind for a few years like most people won't. So you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. Okay, so this is that fuel. So once you can't think of another thing, by the way, if you're analytical, don't stop and analyze it. You can always scratch it out later. Just keep that pen going, okay? Write down everything you can think of. Okay, once you're done, there's a couple more steps. You need to put a time limit on each goal. Put, and, and, and again, don't overthink this. Just guess at it. How many years? Put a one, a three, five, even a 10 or a 20. Recognizing that as human beings, we'll overestimate what we can do in a year and we massively underestimate what we can do in five, 10, 20 years. I'll give you an example of this. And again, please know, I'm gonna give you some personal examples. I am not bragging because again, most of this stuff doesn't interest me anymore. I just wanna inspire you. So when I lived in Denver, I always knew I wanted to live on the beach, okay? And I would visualize the palm trees and the sand and the surf and, the, and all of that. And 20 years later, I built this $8 million, 10,000 square foot mansion on the beach. and. The reason I say that is because that was unthinkable really when I was 18, but I imagined it and I visualized it and I made it happen. And so, and I know you're a kindred spirit in this. If you've got vision boards, Richard, I know you're totally on board with what I'm talking about here. And you could call it prayer, you know, whatever you, however you want to manifest these things into your life it, because it works. So anyway, so take the lid off your brain, write it down and put a time limit on each goal. Then I want you to pick your number one goal. I mean, that goal, when you get it, you're like, oh my God, you know, you've arrived that goal, put that on another piece of paper. And if there's two or three that are equally exciting, just pick one. It won't matter for what we're going to do next. So you got your number one goal. Then I want you to pick your top three one-year goals. Okay. So you've got your number one goal and your top three one-year goals and put some room in between them because there's another step. Okay. Now we'll tell you, once you've got that done, you are ahead of 99.9% of the people on the planet that spend more time planning a freaking birthday party than they do designing their lives. This is designing your life. But I, I want to take it a little further because the goals are super important, but the reason you want the goals is much more important. So you need to put a paragraph under each goal, why it's an absolute must for you to achieve it. And I want you to use emotionally charged words when you're writing the description. So, so I can show my kids what amazing abundance looks like or what incredible success looks like. So I can show my husband or wife what it means to live a life of unbelievable freedom. So we can have uh, the freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, wherever we want, bring whoever we want, you know, whatever's going to juice you, write that down, okay? And then once you've got some reasons why under each one of those goals, I want you to spin it. And, and I want you to put some pain in there and make it hurt if you don't achieve the goals. And, and here's why. Because as human beings, we'll do more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. And again, this is the fuel to get your butt up to make this happen, okay? So you might put, so if you don't get the goal, so I don't feel like a failure. So I don't fail my kids. So I don't fail my husband or wife. Uh, so I don't live a life of regret. You know, there was this nurse in Australia, Richard, um, who was a hospice nurse. And um, she, uh, her name was Bronnie Ware. And she asked her patients, you know, right before they were going to die, do you have any regrets? And she wrote a book about it. It's called The Five Regrets of Dying. You know what the number one regret was? not living the life I could have lived, living someone else's life, not doing what I know I'm capable of. I can't think of anything worse than that. So this is what helps you prevent that from happening, right? So the last thing, once you've got your positive negative reasons why, is you need to either make declarations, get pictures, get vision boards, do whatever you do to get this stuff in front of you. And I'll give you some examples of this. Um, a great public example is Jim Carrey, the actor, um, you know, um, uh, comedian, um, he wrote himself a check for $10 million when he was flat broke. And he'd used to go up by the Hollywood sign, he'd visualize cashing it. And that's how much money he made for Dumb and Dumber. Another more recent example, Demi Lovato, the singer, when she was unknown about 12 years ago, posted in social media, one day I'm going to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Not this last one. Go watch the one before that. Sue was saying the national anthem. I'll give you some personal examples for me. When I was 18, you know, I got my real estate broker's license and I knew, I figured I had to have a four-door car to show people houses, right? Well, I got this bone ugly piece of crap Ford Granada bench seat in the front, just a real piece of junk. Well, um, my the guy that I worked for that, in fact, I was dating his daughter that taught me about um, uh, mindset and psychology, the first one. 
you know, he, he had a couple of Corvettes and he let me drive one because I was dating his daughter. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I got a picture of a Corvette out of a magazine. This is way before the internet. And I put that on the visor of my Granada. So every time I sat in that thing, it was right there in front of my face. Within a year or two, I had a Corvette. This is back when the TV show Magnum PI was out. I don't know if you remember that, Richard. It's been a while. This uh, actor was um, Tom Selleck. He was a detective in Hawaii, and he drove this Ferrari 308. And that's the first time I'd seen an exotic car. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I got a picture of that actual car, put on the visor of my Corvette. Within a year or two, I had a Maserati look just like it. Last example. I'm the guy that always wanted a Lamborghini, okay? I'd had the posters in my room. Back then, it was the Lamborghini Countach. What was interesting is when my son was nine years old, he collected models of exotic cars. And he had about 30 or 40 of them, you know, the Ferraris and the the McLarens and the Porsches. And he had a, he had a Lamborghini model of the exact same color and style that I ended up getting, which I wrecked. But anyway, so get, in fact, let me show you something. You say you put these on YouTube, right? This is yeah. my planner. I'm a, I, I'm a, yes, I'm a dinosaur. I use a digital planner. I mean, a paper planner. I don't use a digital planner, but in the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here for 22 years. Now they're all dog-eared in plastic. The first pictures are my gratitude pictures. If you can't see this, they're pictures of my kids when they're young. My kids are 30 and 26 now. So they're my gratitude pictures. Why? Because everything you manifest into your life, you do it through gratitude. When you do it, if you're, if you're praying or, or if you're just visualizing it all, that's the foundational emotion you need to use to bring this stuff into your life. And so got the, you know, the gratitude pictures. Then I've got pictures like this top picture looks just like that house I had on the beach before I built it. I had 10 foot high glass like that, 80 feet long travertine floors. What's crazy, this bottom picture is here. You can see the white wall in those pictures, the stone wall. Look mm -hmm. behind me. That's my backyard now. I live in a compound now, same stone wall. I've got six buildings. I've got a big main house, a two-bedroom guest house on the water, a media building with a video studio that I built because I had to go virtual with my events back when COVID hit. And just incredible place, a big exercise facility. And because God's got a sense of humor. See, I lost that big house, that I, the mansion I was telling you about in the, all the craziness. And, and it's literally right across the bay from me. So I see it every day when I look out my backyard. But then, you know, I've got pictures of, you know, stupid crap like watches. I got a few hundred thousand dollars worth of watches. That's still a vice, I'll be honest, that, that I still love. But then, you know, the Lamborghini before I ever got it, the Rolls Royce, the Bentley, all this stupid crap I thought was important that I got at one time. Um, so again, replace this with what you want, but get pictures, put them around you, put them on your screensaver, put them on your wall, put them on vision boards, because it freaking works. Right, Richard? Yeah, yeah. I would okay. say just like some examples from my own life. One of, one of mine was I wanted to see, take my kids to see all 50 states. My wow. daughter is going to be three. Wow. And by the end of summer, she'll have been to all 50 states. Wow, that's crazy. Um, you are a real adventurer. You know, it's funny. I, I spent 20 years following Tony Robbins around the planet. And every human has, 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 has um, uh, you know, we, we have driving um, forces in our lives. You know, things that describe you know, our, our, our most prevalent emotions and desires. And for you, it's got to be adventure, brother. Cause that's definitely yeah, I, it was like, I could tell you like some of the stuff and a lot of the stuff was on my vision board, but I've stood on all four quarters in the United States. And we've seen um, like for one of our anniversaries this last year or the year before my wife and I got to see uh, the transient orcas up in, uh, in Seattle, Washington. And we got to swim with the tarpon in Florida and we've stood on the battlefields in uh, Gettysburg and okay. like our kids got to handle the, uh, what do you call them? The, um, the cannonballs at the Alamo. And like okay. yesterday, my son comes up to me and he was all super excited because they were talking about erosion in the geology class. And the example they were using was the Narrows Canyon in Zion, which we hiked last week. And he was like, I was in there. I was in the Narrows, like hiking through that. And that's what our class was about this. Your week. kids, um, your kids are, their <laughs> IQ is going to be off the chain because of these experiences. I, and yeah. what an incredible gift to your kids, honestly. Yeah. So I'm, I like, I completely, like, I love your, your framework. It's pretty much Thank exactly you. how I've gotten everything that I've gotten yeah. in my life. Um, we have obviously vastly different desires that we've, we've, Oh, sure, sure, for, sure. But sure. It still yeah. works, right? Yeah. It works. Doesn't matter and, what you want. If you, the, yeah. the principles apply and, yeah. and, you know, like in most mornings I'll sit in that recliner behind, behind my green screen here and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just do gratitude, gratitude for the things that, that I already have my incredible supermodel, beautiful wife, uh, more beautiful on the inside than the outside, my, my kids, my foundation, you know, my coaching students, and then I'll do gratitude for the things that I want as if I already have them. And I know that sounds goofy to some of you analytical ones, but trust me, this is how I had 50 million to lose and how I got it back. Okay. So this stuff works. 
you know, don't, 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 don't go like, oh, he's in woo woo land. Uh, he might be, but it works. So, you know, but, but, you <laughs> know, just gratitude. sometimes I'll get emotional being grateful for things I don't even have yet. Okay. So that's how far I take it because it freaking works anyway. Yeah. So I want to, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk mm -hmm. about how that might apply to your superpowers, right? Every iconic hero has a superpower, whether that's their fancy flying suit made by your genius intellect or the ability to call down thunder or super strength. In the real world, heroes have what I call a zone of genius, which is either a skill or a set of skills that you were born with or you developed over your career that really help you to slay the villains in your client's life. So, um, and the way I like to frame this for my guests is if you look at all the skills you've developed over the course of your career, there's probably a common thread that ties all of those skills together. And that common thread is probably where you find your superpower. So over the course of building and losing and building again a $50 million real estate business, what do you think your superpower is? I have a couple. Okay. And, and I will tell you, I have built 27 businesses in my lifetime. I got the entrepreneur bug from my mom. And I, by the way, I don't call them failures. That was a $50 million seminar. Okay. I call them seminars. Okay. Expensive. And so I've built 27 businesses, 27 businesses, several worth tens of millions of dollars. Most were spectacular flaming seminars. Okay. Um, but, but I have a, I have discipline. Okay. So that's one, but really the, the, the superpower is, um, is determination. It really is determination. That's one of them. The second one, which might even be more powerful, is my ability to communicate. You know, I didn't go to college, but I'm, I've got a library that rivals anybody I've ever seen, per, private library, that is, thousands and thousands of books, and I've read a lot of them. And so I'm extremely well read. And I believe, obviously, I'm sure as you do, that reading greatly enhances your, not just your, well, certainly your vocabulary and your IQ and everything else. And, and so uh, my love of reading contributed to my, you know, my communication superpower. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty darn good at communicating. So communication and, um, and just dogged determination. I, I love both of those. And I, I, just a couple examples um, from, from my life that I think are, are poignant. The first one on communication, one of the things that I regularly tell my oldest son, who's getting to the point where communication is an important part of schooling is um, I, I tell him almost every day when he's going through his schoolwork because he, he hates English. And he's like, he's just like learning the basics of English at this point in his school career. And he's like, why do I have to do this stuff? And I keep telling him, I was like, communication is the ultimate superpower. It's like, if, if you can master communication, you can do anything you want in life. Well, I hate English too, by the way, the whole verb, no pronoun. Yeah. I don't even know what, the, I know what a verb is, but I don't, most of those descriptions, I don't even know. But if he, if you can just get him to learn to love to read, I got sucked in with the Hardy Boys books and now they've got goosebumps uh, and all sorts of stuff. All the, uh, he's read all the Hardy Boys and he's oh, like, he's, he's, he's an golden. auditory learner. He's golden. Okay. Um, so we get him, we get him audio books. His, Perfect. His, his Christmas gift for the last three years has been uh, um, an Audible subscription, and he gets super excited about his credits that come out every uh, um, every month. And the uh, the thing nice. that cracks me up about that is like we every year asking him, I was like, "Do you wh what do you want for Christmas?" Um, and he's like, "I want you to renew my Audible subscription." Wow, <laughs> so, that's awesome! Wow, that's a, that's that's awesome. Has he done the Harry Potter series? Um, he listened to the Harry Potter series so many times out loud that I had to ban it from our <laughs> house. Because they do a great job, months. you know, oh, they do they, such they, a good they've job. got the characters and everything. My son's, uh, you know, uh, uh, not autistic, um, uh, oh God, dyslexic. And, and so, you know, we yeah, would listen fine. and I would use my finger on the book, which really helps, you know, so he can see it and hear it at the same time. That was really powerful in, in helping him. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's really true. cool. Yeah. It was the, that first one is just communication is such an important skill and everything from written communication to verbal communication, anything that you can do to enhance your communication skills. And I think yeah. just like you reading is probably one of the best ones ever because yeah. we really sure, were sure. story born people. And if you can learn to tell stories, that's it. Gold. The most successful uh, people on the planet are the ones that are able to tell stories, the, the leaders that are able to motivate, empower, validate, and, and, and juice others are the ones that can tell stories. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think podcasting is such a good platform like this, because it's really just getting on and exchanging stories with each other and practicing yeah, that muscle. So yeah, it's really funny. I, I interviewed a guy yesterday, I helped him launch his book that got me podcasting. In fact, he called me like eight years ago, he's Rod, I'm gonna start a podcast. You want to do it with me? I'm like, what? Talking to a phone for an hour, and they didn't have the visual component then. And, you know, now I've got the largest commercial real estate podcast in the world. We're about to hit 13 million downloads. It's like, you know, we laughed about it yesterday. It's just crazy. Oh, well, here you go. Uh, yeah. You want to make, make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? 
Yeah. The, uh, and the other side of that you mentioned was determination and determination, I think is such a, a huge thing. And it's something that I, I learned a long time ago from one of my mentors. Um, he, he said to me, um, he said, there's, there's no competition for real men anymore. And what he was talking about is he was talking about determination. Um, cause we got into several discussions about it later, but what he was talking about, he's like, most people do not have the wherewithal to do the work until it's done. Right. Um, and you mentioned this earlier that we vastly overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and vastly underestimate what we can do in 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that all the time. And one of the things that I think is super powerful about that is if it's worth doing, it's worth putting 10 years of your life into. Right. Absolutely. And most people, most people don't look at things no. like that and they hop from thing to thing. They to want thing. the pill. They want the diet yeah. pill. You know, they think, you know, it, it takes some work, but it's freaking worth it. Now, it doesn't yeah. take 10 years. You, you know, I've got scores of students that have retired from very high paying jobs in three or four years. In fact, two or three in some cases. Uh, but but, you know, they worked hard with families, with kids, with everything else. So there's n- listen, if you want more out of life, there's nothing you can't do, be or have. You've got to you've got to be clear on what it is you want. Then you've got to then you've got to make a decision, you know, and the Latin root for the word decision means to cut off. If you're going to attack the island, you burn your ships, you're taking their damn ships home. Okay, so that's a decision. It's done. Okay, and then and then, um, you know, beyond that, it's uh, it's, uh, um, you know, coming up with a plan and then it's massive action. That's it. And, and, you know, and if you hit a wall, you stay focused on that goal and you change your approach. You hit a wall again, you stay focused on that goal and you change your approach and rinse and repeat until you hit it. Uh, yeah, and, and that's how it works. Best. That's it. That's it. You innovate, you pivot. I've had, you know, like when COVID hit, I had 800 people scheduled for Orlando and I'm like, holy crap, what are we going to do? And so I, 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 um, immediately uh, built a video studio here on my compound. If you go to multifamilyvirtualbootcamp.com, you'll see me on my phone recording the video. It's still on there. I need to change it. I've got professional capabilities now, but you know, by the way, but I, I, if you're interested in multifamily, let me plug my bootcamp real quick. Cause I'll give you your peeps a, a heck of a deal. I, I, I it's going to be three days. It's the 29th, 30th and 31st. If you text rod in Orlando, I'm sorry, rod in Orlando. That was last one rod in Denver to seven, two, three, four, five, or go to so rod in Denver to seven, two, three, four, five, or go to rod in Denver.com. Um, the, there's the website there. And I, you know, again, I've had my, they always sell out. There should be about a thousand people at this one, but it's three full days of training. And if the price has gone up, the price will ultimately probably go to about $700. It's 197. Now, if the price goes up, just DM me and, and say, you know, you were on Richard's show and I'll get you that 197 price. So it's 197 for three days. And it's not a sales pitch. Okay. There's no big sales pitch. It's training It's drinking through a fire hose. I will say that every aspect of this multifamily real estate business. And you know, and, and I spend time on mindset as well, because I want you to take action with what you learn. And that's why my students are so successful. So it's a lot of fun. And we have a lot so, of fun. And if you go to that website, and go to the bottom, you'll see hundreds of test unsolicited testimonials. In fact, if you come and you don't love it, I don't mean like it, I mean, love it. If you don't love it, I'll give you your money back. No problem. So just out of curiosity, what are your requirements for people to come and actually like get started? Is that they need to be in like a high paying position so they can afford to work no, in real estate? No, like not at all. No, not at all. You know, you hear the whole no money down stuff in real estate. Well, there truly are several ways that you can buy multifamily real estate with none of your own money. And, and we teach them. And I, and, and I have students that have bought thousands and thousands of units with none of their own money in them. Okay. And then, and, and they're, they're, you know, because I'll be honest, one of the biggest reasons there's so much money looking for a home right now and multifamily is such a secure, safe, uh, you know, lucrative investment um, that, you know, money is pouring into it. So, you know, if you find a good deal, finding the money is the, the, the easiest part. part. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. I mean, I bought tens of millions of dollars worth of uh, property in my 20s. Um, 50, 50 with partners, they put up the money. I did all the work. I found the deals. I fixed them. I managed them. I sold them. Everybody was happy. And, and so, you know, I did it in my twenties just cause I didn't know any better. So, you know, there, there, there are definitely ways to do this business. Uh, so there's no requirements. You just have to want more. That's the requirement. You have to want more out of life and be ready to take action to achieve it. That's the requirement. Okay. I'll help you get clarity on what it is you want. I'll help you get clarity on why you want it. And then I'll give you the map. I'll give you the blueprint. You just have to do it. There's no secret sauce here. You just have to take massive action. And it's like that with any business. You know, if you dabble, you're going to get your butt kicked. If you apply yourself and you learn and you take action, success is ultimately inevitable. Yeah, you'll win. Yeah. So I want to I want to talk about the flip side then of your superpower, right? So the superpower is one side. The flip side of that coin is generally your fatal flaw. 
Superman. So just like mm. every Superman has their kryptonite or Wonder Woman can't remove oh, her bracelets flaw. of victory without going mad. You probably had a flaw that's held you back in your business. Oh, oh um, for sure. You struggled with. Sure. So for me, sure. it was a couple of things. I struggled with perfectionism for a long time. I also, uh, I struggled with uh, with lack of uh, self-care, which let my, I let my clients walk all over me. I didn't have good boundaries with my time. I didn't have good boundaries mm. with my health, those kind of things. Mm. And it wasn't until I started fixing those things that I really started growing my business. Um, so I'm just curious, what were some of your fatal flaws? And I think more importantly than what they were is how have you worked to overcome them? Sure. Um, yeah, the perfectionism, I get that with my students a lot. And, it, and it's very often um, fear, you know, fear of failure. So they've just got to check. In fact, my, a lot of my students are very analytical. I get a lot of very successful people come out of the IT space, engineers, doctors, so on and so forth. And they have to check off every single box before they take action. And so sometimes they don't take action. I feel like I fail anybody that doesn't, you know, um, sign up for our help because, you know, I, I really believe that. And, and so... Uh, you know, and that's a, that's the thing we really push past. But anyway, my own. Um, so a big one is impatience. Um, it's one I struggle with a lot. And, and I've, I've lost, you know, I, I've lost a couple of key people in my organization because I move so fast that I don't sometimes stop and say, hey, how you doing, Tom? How's your day? How's your kids? How's everything? I'm just like, where are we at with this, 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 and this? And so, you know, now, now the, the, it's a double-edged sword. I get more done in a day than most people get done in a week. But but um, so, you know, but that impatience is a big one. Um, uh, Achilles heel. Mm. You know, my wife will tell you that I give too much, honestly, that 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 it's, not, it's similar to your second one. It's it's yeah, it's it's the boundaries thing and and that people, you know, will take advantage sometimes. And I've gotten better at that. I will say that I have a hard time saying no. And, you know, I go on podcasts sometimes that are brand new and, you know, time is all we have. And my wife's like, why? You, you, you don't have to. And I'm like, well, let me give these people a hand, you know? Uh, and, and, and so it's those two things that, that are probably the biggest thing, my impatience and, and um, you know, and I teach this, the, the value of saying no, and I don't eat my own cooking sometimes as it relates to that one. But, but uh you know, it's, it's, it's an, it's an evolution. It's, it, there's no destination with any of this for yourself included. You know, we, we get better, but I'm sure that perfectionism pops up for you from time to time. And people Regularly. push those boundary limits with you from time to time still. And I promise you that, you know, I have to kiss my wife's rear end on numerous occasions because my impatience has gotten in the way. And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, and then I end up on a podcast or on a, on a Facebook Live, and there's eight people there. And, you know, <laughs> uh, anyway, but uh, listen, it's all good. It's all good. So yeah, I, I I definitely am with you there. I've I've uh, spent a long time working on particularly the uh, the boundaries, self care stuff, and like realizing how to say no. Because when I started off my business ten years ago, I said yes to everything, and you realize that that is not a great way to run a business. No. Um, and learning how to say no also focuses you and helps you grow revenue, does a whole bunch of things. So it's a, it's a powerful skill to learn. So I want to talk then a little bit about your common enemy, right? Every superhero has their arch nemesis, something that they're constantly having to fight against in their world, right? Um, in the world of this, it takes a lot of forms, but we like to put it in the context of your clients, right? Your students that come to you, and it's a mindset or it's a flaw that they're constantly fighting to overcome, um, that you know, that you, if, if you could ha just have your magic wand and bop them on the head. And as soon as they went to one of your workshops or went through any of your trainings that they could actually get the result that they came to you for, what is that common enemy that you're fighting against? It's the antithesis of your perfectionism. It's the antithesis of that needing to have every box checked off before you move forward on something. It's the antithesis of that. It's just taking massive freaking action. If I could bop them on the head, it's my students that just go out and do it. They don't worry about, you know, see, here's the thing. You can drive all the way across the United States at night with your headlights seeing 50 feet in front of you, and you know you can make it. You know, you, you might have an obstacle, but other people have made it. You know other people have made it. It's the same way with my business. And, and when you realize that, you don't have to see the whole path. Like Dr. Martin Luther King said, you take that first step in faith, the next step will be revealed. Lao Tzu, thousands of years ago, said the journey of a thousand miles begins with a, a, a one step. And so the point is, but you've got to take that first step. And I will tell you, in, in my business, it's the law of the first deal as well. That comes into play as well. It, sometimes my students are at six months, eight months. They haven't got a deal yet. They're moaning. And then they get a deal. Next thing they know, they have six. I'm like, what just happened? And, and, you know, that first one, it's the scariest, it's the most stressful, it takes the longest. And then, like I said, after that, it's like the, the rails come off. But, but um, you know, um, 
the, the antithesis would be just to hit them all on the head to take massive action. That's it. Because action mitigates everything. It mitigates fear. If you push you, yeah, you might have some seminars. That's okay. We fail our way to success. Honestly, uh, I've like I told you about my experience. I got to meet the billionaire owner of Spanx, uh, you know, Sarah Blakely, you know, the women's undergarments, yeah, yeah. sold everything together, right? She started with $5,000 and she just sold it for several billion, I think. But, but she told me at a mastermind that we both went to, that um, her dad used to ask her once a week, what have you failed at this week, her and her brother? And I thought, what a fantastic question to ask your kids. You need to write that one down, Richard. That's a great one to not fear <laughs> failure. My that. kids are too old for that now, but, but oh, what a great question to ask your kids so they don't fear failure. Um, but, um, but anyway, that's, that's the one, is just to take massive action because that action mitigates just about everything, seriously. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I love that question too. What have you failed at this week? I actually just had a... Uh, um, I had a, an issue with my staff this last week where I had a failed um, oh. and I apologize to them for, for all of that. And one of the things I say to my, to my staff meetings every single week to my staff is um, the failure is the stepping stones to success. Um, and so when I apologized for failing and everything, my staff all come back, came back to me and they were like, Hey, you've been telling us this whole time failures, stepping stones to success. And I was like, I was like, I'll get my words thrown back at me, but yeah. Oh, don't you love it when that happens? Yeah. My <laughs> wife, my kids throw that stuff back on me all the time. It's hilarious. You know, I, I'll tell you a funny story about, um, that, um, you know, I, I believe in, 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 in affirmations and I am statements. So I've got, I am statements like here on my wall, I've got, I am success. You know, I am a best in the world at what I do. I'm a business genius. These are not, these are not braggadocious. They're what I'm aspiring to be. Right. And there's, you know, there's um, the, anything you put the words I am in front of as an identity statement. There's no greater force in the human psyche than the need to remain consistent with how we identify ourselves. And so I yell those things out when I'm exercising I used to do when I was running and that my kids help me at my live events. And uh, that's the question they get most often. Does he really do that stuff? Does he really? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he does. That. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh, that's awesome. So the flip side then of your common enemy, if your common enemy is what you fight against and you fight against inaction, your driving force is the flip side of that. Right? So just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What is it that you fight for with your business, your mission, so to speak? Um. Sorry, I thought you made a political statement there to kind of derail my head for a minute. That's awesome. Uh, okay, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Could you repeat the, the last yeah, part of your question? Because that totally your, derailed my brain. Your your mission for your business. What is your goal? The thing that you fight oh, for? Oh, listen, I, 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 I love what I do. And, and, and you know, I'm changing lives. And, and I get when this is not yeah. ego. Please know what I'm going to say next is not ego. But I get love probably five to sometimes 15 times a day. Okay, I get a DM, I get an email, I get gifts like these cards, I get lavish gifts sometimes in the mail, incredibly thoughtful gifts. And, and it's my greatest gift. And I'm sure you get that love and feedback as well for your podcast. And it becomes addictive, honestly. And, uh, you know, again, we talked about goals evolving over time. And, you know, my goals now are, are, are really to make an impact and, and to change lives. And, you know, I'll tell you a little epiphany moment I had, um, you know, I told you about that house on the beach and, you know, I worked for that thing for 20 years. Let me describe it. So th there was a big waterfall from the second floor balcony to the pool. You had to walk through the waterfall to get in the pool, pools and magazines, big spiral staircase up through the middle of the house, wine cellar, elevator, you know, on the second floor, I had an aquarium that went around the spiral staircase. It cost me almost 200 grand. So this gives you an idea of the house. I would love so that. two months after I moved in, so I worked for it for 20 years, two months after I moved in, I'm floating in the pool at night and I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, which is really what it was. It was to prove the world I was good enough. And, and I got depressed and I don't mean just a little bummed. I mean, I was really bummed. I'm like, what the hell? How could I, how could I be depressed? I've like achieved success, like times 10,000. You know, I had the Maserati and the Mer couple of Mercedes and the boats, jet skis, beautiful family in the house. It's incredible mansion. And when I look back on it, there were several things happening, Richard. Number one is it's never about the goals. Okay. You know, like they say the happiest days of a boat owner's life, which you'll learn when you buy your yacht or the day you buy it and the day you sell it. Okay. Um, it's never about the goals, but you need them. You need them to create that burning desire, but it's really about who you become on your path to your goals. And the happiness comes from progress and growth. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. You know, like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. I didn't have a vision for the future. So I had no clue what I was going to do next. So that was one piece. But the second bigger piece was I'd been totally focused on Rod, 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 show the world I matter, show them I'm good enough. And 
blah, blah, blah. And, and so that was the year I, I, I went out and bought some books. And one of them happened to be a Tony Robbins book. You know, I got Dale Carnegie and Zig Ziglar back then. And, you know, I was going to get myself back, right? So I liked Tony's book and I went and saw him live and I saw that he fed families for the holidays. And by the way, if you ever have an opportunity to see Tony, just do it. Trust me on that. I've followed him for 20 years. His technology is incredible. But, but um, you know, I saw that he fed families for the holidays and he's done millions of families. But I, I called, I, I went back home and I'm like, hmm, do something for someone else. What a concept. And I, I'm embarrassed to say I had to be 40 to get that memo. But I called my brother because I was going to visit him in, in Denver for Thanksgiving. I said, let's feed five families. So he went to his church and found five families that really needed help. We went and bought food. We bought toys for the kids, frozen turkeys, and just had a lot of fun buying the stuff. The third family changed my life, Richard. We go up to this row house. And it wasn't even a one bedroom. It was a crappy one bedroom because you had to walk through the bedroom to get to the kitchen, which had the bathroom off of it. And there was a woman in there with five kids. She comes out and she sees this stuff on the porch and the food and the toys, and she starts crying. Her kids come out, two of the older ones start crying. I start crying, and I'm hooked. And I'm blessed to say in the last 22 years, we've fed over 110,000 children here in Sarasota and Bradenton, Florida, for the holidays. Now, we do Christmas sometimes. We do Thanksgiving sometimes. We've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies to local children that don't have the basic supplies they need for school. Tens of thousands of, we've done tens of thousands of teddy bears, local police departments for officers to keep in their vehicles. If they encounter a child that's been traumatized, they can comfort the child. And I don't say this to brag, but there's a message in this. If you're listening to Richard right now and you want success, okay? You listen to these hero stories. You've got blood dripping from your teeth. You want it so bad, listen up, okay? I was successful, but I was unfulfilled. Tony, Tony Robbins calls it the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. There is achievement really is a science. If you want to learn multifamily, uh, come see me in Denver. I promise you'll be glad you did. And you'll have the blueprint to go. You just got to go take action. That's a science. But fulfillment is an art. You've got to find out what juices you, you know, and, and, and so, you know, maybe it's children like me or the elderly or animals or the environment, whatever it is. Bring that into your life right now. Give back in some way right now. Even, don't say, I'll do it when I have money. No, you can always give your time. Here's why. You'll be happily achieving instead of achieving to be happy. You know, we, we've been taught to achieve to be happy. But if you, if you give back in some fashion, you're happily achieving. And I know that's a play on words, but it's an important one. And I'm going to tell you, the success will come faster. Trust me on this. You don't do it for that reason. But that's just the way God of the universe, whatever you believe works, whatever you give, you get back tenfold. So, um, yeah. anyway, that's, that's, that's awesome. I, I love Thank that. You. Um, I know my, uh, um, we're not at your level yet with our business, but I know one of the things that my wife and kids and I all do every year at the beginning of the summer, um, or sorry, beginning of the school year is we go out and we, we do the same thing. We, uh, each of our kids put, buys a backpack and fills it up with the cool school love supplies it. and we go and, um, they go and donate, donate a backpack, um, because we have more than we need. So we give, we give back. Um, nice. that way, which is, I mean, it, that's, that's small potatoes at this point, but you know, we do the same thing. All of it's my businesses so, have so awesome. You're showing your kids that buddy. And, and like, like I said, we do that right across the street from your candle place. Okay. It's right there on yeah. Fruitville, uh, in the boys and girls club, the Lee Weatherington boys and girls club, because we need a big gymnasium. We have hundreds of volunteers. We fill last, I think we did 1500 backpacks the last time we did it. And, yeah. you know, and, just... and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, uh, my supplement con company that we ran for a number of years, we did a, uh, a whole thing where um, we work with vitamin angels um, and vitamin angels, which if anyone's listening to this, they're a fantastic organization, but they, uh, um, the leading cause of death in children around the world is lack of vitamin A because um, wow. vitamin A keeps the immune system. So kids die from things that like normal, like you wouldn't normally die from. So things like common colds and diarrhea and um, stuff like that will kill you if you don't have vitamin A. Um, so it's wow. the leading cause of death in children under 10 in the whole world. And they, the, the amount of money it takes to get enough vitamin A for a child is about 50 cents a year. Um, and wow. so we, we donated with our supplement company. Every time someone bought a bottle of our supplements, we donated the 50 cents. So it was basically, it was like a buy a bottle, save a life kind of program. Very cool. Um, and yeah, it's always, cool. we always try to find ways to make giving back a part of what we do um, because it's it, what life is about. That's yeah, what life it's, is about. I mean, we're uh, contribution is a basic human need. If you look at everything in the universe, if it doesn't contribute, it gets eliminated. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Everything, and that's a basic human need, the need to contribute. Unfortunately, in some cases, it's an underutilized need, but it really is a need. In a relationship, you know, you need to contribute to your partner, but you need to allow them to contribute to you as well. You have to um, give so, and receive. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the hard part too, is learning how to do, how, how to do right. both sides Sometimes you have a tough time receiving, but you have to allow, you know, like my wife, I have to let her give me feedback on stuff. And, and sometimes I'm like, oh God, I want to bite my hand, you know, because I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. But you've got to allow that, that, that contribution. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's like, I get, I get questions all the time about this podcast. They're like, what's your uh, monetization strategy for this podcast? And I'm like, I don't have one because it's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is, is a narrative shift, right? Around entrepreneurship. Um, and it. it's, it's for me, it's just, a, it's a personal like give back that I want to have. Um, and so this, this podcast costs me money every year. It does not make me money. And that is, it's Good that for is perfectly you. fine with me. <laughs> Good for you. I will tell you, it's funny. If you listen to early episodes, I, I started my podcast with the same thought process. I, early episodes, I say, I'll never sell you anything. I just want to add value, which was the truth. And I took hundreds of calls from listeners, 30 minute calls, book a call with me. I took hundreds of them. And then I hit a million downloads like, okay, knucklehead, you probably got to do something with this. So I wrote a book. I gave away 20,000 copies of the book. And then finally, you know, I, I, I had so many people say, hey, please create something so we can learn this. And then I did a course. And now look at me now, thousands of people in front of my boot camps. You created, uh, thousands created of an audience yeah. first. Yeah. Right? That's, that's but I, never I never intended to. Let me just say that. I didn't start. <laughs> I had really great intent. Well, I still have great intentions, but I never planned to monetize it. But it became like, you know, silly not to at some point. Absolutely. And now a quick word from our show's sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. And now back to the hero show. So I want to uh, shift gears. Normally I ask a question about, a, about something practical, but we already went over your goal framework. So I'm going to ask you about your um, own personal heroes, right? Every hero has their mentors, just like Frodo had Gandalf or Luke had Obi-Wan Kenobi or Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad, or even Spider-Man had his uncle Ben. I want to know who were some of your mentors? Were they speakers, sure. authors, peers who were a couple of years ahead of you? Um, sure, and sure. how important were they to what you have accomplished so far? Sure. Well, obviously my mom was a big influence, um, at least initially. And um, and then her fear is like, oh my gosh, you're going to buy another property. Aren't you afraid if something, what happens, something goes wrong. So, so at that point I had to shut down that influence because it became negative, but I'd say Tony Robbins was a big one for me, but um, also I will say lately it's been Elon Musk Man, what a freaking rock star that guy is $3 billion startups. You know, I mean, we're, we're, I don't know just, when this will air, but you know, he, just, he just bought Twitter. For he just bought Twitter, you know, billion dollars. Yeah. For, cause he's a proponent for free speech. I mean, I love that guy and, and I pray to yeah, God, nothing too. happens to him and he keeps going because he's just, a, he's a rock star in my view. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was, I was literally like just this morning reading that the uh, offer got accepted. Mm -hmm. um, he's buying yeah. Twitter for four, 43, $44 billion. Yep. Um, yep. And I was super excited that his, his goal is he's like, I'm a free speech absolutist. 
mm-hmm. and everyone's freaking out. They're like, we don't want it to be free speech. I'm like, that's, that's and, and, and he's, he said, I read this morning, he said, you know, he's, there's been a lot of haters. They're asking him about it. He said, great, stay on Twitter and hate, you know, do what you, that's what this is about. It's about saying what you want to say. You know, we got to be yeah. careful not to go down the political rabbit hole here, but, but, you know, I, I love that guy. So as far as heroes, I, he's definitely, he's right there at the top for me. Yeah, absolutely. I've been, uh, um, I actually had a, a friend of mine um, who I worked with in my supplement company, I was just mentioning um, that he was, uh, we were just talking a couple, it was like three years ago. And he was like, yeah, I met Elon Musk on accident. I didn't know it, who, who it was him. And mm-hmm. so he was, they were in Malibu. He was at some sort of event and they were sitting down at the bar drinking and Elon Musk was the keynote speaker, but he was just sitting next to a friend of mine um, and cool. chatting with him and drinking. And he didn't know who he was, like didn't recognize him. Like, you know who Elon Musk is, but he didn't know know his picture, like his face. Right. And then when they called him to the stage and he stood up and the guy, he was like, I was just having a beer with Elon Musk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> know it. oh, that's crazy. I love it. So love it. That's fun. So last question I have for you here is about your guiding principles, right? One of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code. For instance, Batman never kills his enemies. He only ever sends them to Arkham Asylum. So as we wrap up our interview, I want to talk about the top one, maybe two principles that you regularly use in your life. Maybe something you wish you knew when you first started out on your journey, you know, several years ago. Sure. Well, I will tell you, um, in my company, we have a code of values and they, they're, they're, they're values based on the acronym family. Okay. Now the first one, which, which isn't, doesn't, didn't fit at the top of the list is integrity you know, to do what's right, no matter who's looking and, and even if it hurts. But the, I'll give you the what all the family stands for. The F stands for family and fun, that we're a family and we have fun doing what we do. The A is for authentic. You know, I will tell you, I drop, you know, profanity and I, I'm authentic. I, I, I my, my boot camp, you'll see me in flip-flops and jeans and a, and a, and a t-shirt. That's I did my first one in a suit and I said, I, can, I can't do this. I'll never do it again. So that's a word that used to describe me a lot because I'm pretty transparent, actually to a fault. The M stands for massive action. Okay. We take massive action. Again, the I is for integrity. The L is for love. We love what we do. We do it with love. And then the yes is yes to evolution and innovation. Every business is nothing really but marketing and innovation. That's a Peter Drucker quote. And, uh, you know, so, and that's definitely our business. We're constantly looking to make it better. In fact, I just sent an email to a a whole bunch of my students and I said, Hey, would you, what would you like to train? Because, you know, for me, it's I'm redundant. If I'm the one always do the training and you can give a different spin on these different topics, literally just sent the email to about, I don't know, a hundred of my students that are successful that I feel like could teach, um, because I'm always trying to make it better. I've written, you know, I've written literally a dozen books. Under, you can see them here, a dozen books that I give away for free about this business because we're always trying to make it better. So that's innovation. So I say the top two for me are probably integrity, do what's right, again, even if it hurts, and and innovation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I love that. I run my business. I actually, I, I love your family acronym. I have pretty much all the same values for our company, but I don't have a cool acronym for it. I'm probably going to steal that if you don't that, mind. <laughs> please, please. It's on my website. It's on my website under the about. It's at the bottom of the about, and I did a video about it as well. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, and, and you know, it's important with a company that you, that you re- remind everybody of those values and that we operate from those values. And if we do something that doesn't fit into those values, then it needs to be nixed or, or certainly looked yeah. at. So. Yeah, that's one of the things we do at the uh, um, the first topic at our every every uh, staff meeting we do is uh, just a review of our company values. Yep. Yep. Um, so, anyways, I just I, I like your uh, I like your acronym for it. That's Thank you. It's better than what we're what I'm doing. So, to the point of innovation, we'll innovate and use yours. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, or I guess that would be more every evolution. every great idea is emulated. Okay, there's no new stuff out there. Very very yeah. little anyway. It's been taken and it's been improved. You know. But, well, uh, that is really a wrap on our interview, but I do finish every interview with a simple challenge. I call it the Heroes Challenge, and I do this to help get access to stories that I might not otherwise find on my own. So the question is simple, right? Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story with our audience here on the show? The first person that comes to mind for you. Oh, God. It's, it's several of my female students who've just, you know, they came to me shy and scared and, and uh, chat is one of them. Julie is another Mandy is another that have just killed it in the business. And, and I don't know why that popped into my head first, 
but I consider them superheroes because, you know, my mom was effectively a single mom and she raised multiple kids. And and um, and that's the case with all of the examples I just gave you. Uh, actually, no, Julie's not, but she's a rock star. But I, I have a big affinity for single moms that go out there and make it happen anyway. And so it would be one of them for sure. Absolutely. Well, we'll reach out later and see if we can get an introduction, maybe bring right. them on the show and hear their story. That'd be cool. You got it. Yeah. Um, so in comic books, there's always the uh, crowd of people at the end who are cheering and clapping for the acts of heroism. So analogous to that, as we close is where um, can people find you if they want your help? Where can they light up yeah. the bat? Well, so to speak, yeah. say, so, <laughs> yeah, Rod, go to realestatewithrod.com. And, um, and I just realized what time it is. I'm actually up against a hard stop. Realestatewithrod.com is a bet because nobody can spell my name. Rodcleaf.com is hard to spell. So just go to Real Estate with Rod. You get to my website. Everything you need is there. Or text. You could text Rod to 72345. We'll, you'll get information that way. Um, but uh, check out my podcast. I do a clip every week called Own Your Power. It's truly about owning your power. It's five minutes. Whether you like real estate or not, I'll juice you once a week if you give me five minutes, okay? I promise you, it's music. They're motivational. There's hundreds of them there. I just did one today on the power of wisdom and how you grow your wisdom. Uh, literally, it's being it's going live today, but, but every topic you can think of that's motivational, empowering, and self-actualizing is on, on those clips. So it's my podcast called Lifetime Cashflow Through Real Estate Investing. And like I said, we're about to break 13 million downloads. So I'm really proud of it. Yeah. Awesome. That is really cool. So thank you again so much, Rod, for coming on the show. I appreciate hearing your story and getting a chance to- It's very much a pleasure to meet you, Richard. You're a fascinating guy and, and your lifestyle is absolutely off the hook. It's so cool. So if, please, well, please ping you. me when you're in Sarasota. Would love to grab a meal or a cup of coffee at the very least, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. And All thank right. you so much for uh, for coming on the show today. And do you Thanks have any- for having uh, me final words before I hit the stop record button? No, no, no. It's just, guys, just go make it happen. If you want this and you know you deserve it and you're, it, don't be in the same place a year from now that you are right now, unless you freaking love where you are right now. Go make something happen for yourself. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Rod.